Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Let's get started. So welcome in everybody to the Huddle Up Podcast presented as always by Mile High Huddle and powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him. You love him. He is my fellow football priest. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, we were kind of not necessarily expecting to hear any big news today in terms of a resolution on the GM search, but maybe just some steps in that direction. And while there wasn't anything super definitive, I think your story that you wrote at milehighhuddle.com was the closest thing to definitive as we could get today based on the rumblings and the news and the rumors. So it seems to be George, George Payton is the, the, the leader in the clubhouse, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Mike Cliss reported that uh, the Vikings assistant GM, George Payton is remains the candidate to beat in a three man race. And this is after the Patriots assistant director of player personnel, Dave Ziegler pulled out of the race. So it's coming down right now to George Payton, champ Cal champ Kelly and Terry Fontenot. And the latest rumblings indicate that Fontenot is actually a front-runner now, the favorite in Atlanta, to take their GM job. And the rumor goes he'd be a package deal with Joe Brady, the Panthers' OC. So Brady as the head coach, and you have Fontenot as the GM in Atlanta. That's a great pairing for them. I can see why Atlanta is the front-runner for Fontenot services. But if they can get George Payton Denver, Chad, that's just as good, if not arguably better, the case you can make for him. The reality is setting in that very, very soon, the next 24 to 48 hours, Terry Fontenot or George Payton could be the next Broncos general manager, could be Elway's replacement. Wild times, exciting times. I think on the surface, you look at resumes, you look at the dues guys have paid and whatnot. I think George Payton emerges as the most qualified candidate, right? Just based on resume. But... I still real I mean for me it's still Terry Fontenot number 1 because I want that kind of younger juice you know not only that that's not the that's not the uh, primary reason because if you look at the Vikings roster over the last few years and you look at the Saints roster you, you got to give the edge to the Saints in terms of its depth of talent I mean just across the board but you know I just want a, a guy that's young that's plugged into you know, the the trends and the cutting edge of the NFL. And that's not to say that Peyton is not plugged in or wouldn't be, because, again, I think he would be if, – if the hire ultimately ends up being George Peyton, I still think it would be a really good decision for this team and some new blood and a, and a fresh outside perspective 
new eyes coming in and, you know, and taking over the reins here. But Zach, I'm still pining for, I'm still holding out hope that it's going to be Terry Fontenot. I mean, he's just a really exciting young up and comer. And if the Broncos don't make him the GM, someone will. And as you said, it's probably going to be the Falcons. Yeah, and I have to admire what Atlanta's uh, looking to do here. They're going and looking to pair one of the best veteran talent evaluators in the NFL and Terry Fontenot with one of the best young up-and-coming offensive minds in Joe Brady. That is how it's done. And looking on it from Fontenot's point of view, not only in Atlanta or any other opening like Detroit, he would get to pick his next head coach. He wouldn't have that say in Denver. He would get to stick it to his previous employer, the Saints, twice a year in the NFC South. So I'm assuming for the sake right now at 626 Mountain Time on Monday, January 11th, that Fontenot is going to Atlanta. He is my my favorite candidate for Denver. I'm being realistic, though. I think it's Peyton right now, Chad. And again, if they can get him, this is a guy who's been a hot commodity for years now. He's declined to leave Minnesota for years. He's worked aside Rick Spielman and won division titles. He sent dozens of players to the Pro Bowl. This guy has his hand in every facet of management in the front office, the draft, free agency, scouting, advanced analytics, game planning. He is literally a do-it-all kind of guy. He wears multiple hats. He would help transform this Broncos front office and this Broncos team, I believe, in one offseason. He's that good. I was listening to a conversation uh, that included Mike Kliss today, and he kind of shed some light on at least a a little bit anyway, on how some of these interviews shook out in terms of some of the questions that were asked. Of course, he didn't name names, but when it came down to the question of the quarterback position, right, that's going to be, you know, next to maybe, I mean, for most fans, it's probably above in terms of priority quarterback Von Miller, take your pick in terms of what's what fans are going to care the most about once this GM gets hired in terms of the decision point. To me, it's quarterback because all the Von Millers in the world, if you don't got the quarterback, you're, you're still dead in the water. The last four-plus years have proven that. And one thing that Cliss brought up is, is that, you know, you take away Dave Ziegler, who, of course, bowed out uh, on Sunday to stick with the Patriots. And by the way, Nick Casario got paid, dude. That dude's brought in uh, five to six million a year. Thirty million dollar contract is the rumblings, but I digress. Uh, the, these three, so we're counting Peyton, we're counting Fontenot, we're counting Kelly. They're each asked what their view is basically on the quarterback position for the Broncos, as is right. Only one of them, we don't know which. So I'm going to pose a question to you. Only one of them said, "Hey, we, the Broncos have gone this far developing and putting time and TLC into Drew Lock. Broncos need to see it through." The other one said. You need to get a top 10 quarterback at any means possible, whether it's the draft, trade market, whatever. And another said, hey, go out. Probably the best thing to do, get a veteran to come in here and bring some stability to the offense. In your mind's eye, Zach, knowing what we do know about these candidates, we've got to know them, I mean, a a lot more just over the last, in terms of our research as, as writers and journalists. But we still don't know a whole heck of a lot about these guys in terms of their personality. So it's still guesswork. But who do you think said, Stick, stay the course with Drew Locke, if you had to guess. I would have to assume, I mean, among the three, it's not Kelly because he went out and got Nick Foles. So he was the one, and this is all speculation, but he was the one, I think, pining for a veteran. I have to believe, based on the way he's developed that roster down there in New Orleans, uh, the fact that he wanted to stay the course, to me, it speaks to Fontenot. 
he knows what it takes in the NFL because he's seen it over the course of many years, not just in the Saints front office, but his other positions as well. Maybe I'm wrong with that. For, but Peyton, they went out and got Kirk Cousins to a big contract and then re-up with him. So I would tend to think the guy who'd want to stay the course, they drafted Taysom Hill when they had Drew Brees. They like to draft more players than they sign in free agency. They use the free agent period as a cherry on top, and they use the draft correctly as the foundation to build the house. Free agency is just a chimney you put on top of the house. So I like to think that Fontenot in New Orleans, he knows how to build a roster and also preach patience at the most important position in all of the land. I'm, I really, I, I'm, I'm going to, I would guess, you know, if, if a little fly on the wall could come and give me the answer, my guess would be that it was Champ Kelly who said, stick it out with, with Drew. And the reason I say that, that's just my guess is because of his past ties to the Broncos front office and kind of the investment in terms of, even though he he left Denver long before Drew was even on the radar. I mean, he left, what was it, 2014, I want to say? No, 2015. Uh, he, he joined Chicago the same time Foxy and um, Vic Fangio did in 2015. But for some reason, my gut's telling me, Kelly, but it's an interesting question to ponder, right? Because each one of these guys had a different perspective. And of course, whatever that perspective was, is probably going to play a big role in terms of informing the hiring committee, which includes John Elway, Joe Ellis, Vic Fangio, and Chief Communications Officer, the PR czar, Patrick Smythe. So it's going to be interesting to see that. Yeah, and we could be wrong. I mean, you could definitely be right. I can be wrong with that. We won't really know, though. I'd like to believe that if the Broncos are narrowing this down, they have, all these three candidates have one commonality in mind. And that's what they can do for the best interest of the Broncos now and going forward. So I think Elway being part of that committee and Fangio being the head coach and wanting continuity, at least, you know, front facing that publicly, I believe the candidates would be telling him something they'd want to hear when it comes to Drew Locke. They're not going to say, I'm going to come in the building and trade five number one picks for Deshaun Watson. That wouldn't get him the job. But if you come in and say, listen, I believe in Drew Locke, or I think we can salvage Locke or take him to a new level, that would be more endearing to that hiring committee. And it's also common sense. It's a young quarterback who showed well in the finale. Why would you jump ship on him for an unknown quantity, whether it's a veteran or a rookie? Significant improvement from Drew Locke down the stretch, but you know, unfortunately, it was too little too late. So <clears throat> from from perspectives on the outside looking in, which these three candidates, they're all outside hires, it's going to be really interesting to see because I'm sure we'll know the answer at some point in the very near future based on who the hire is. But, gang, we got a lot more to get to. We'll see what's on your mind in the chat. I see we got a few super chats stacked up there, Zach. But first, handle these matters of business, starting with tonight's live stream sponsor. Yes, tonight's live stream podcast is brought to you by sportsbetting.com. Broncos country. Gambling is now legal in the state of Colorado, as you well know, and you're looking to and you're looking to make watching your favorite sports a little more interesting. Sportsbetting.com is your no-brainer destination just for that. Here's why. Sharp odds and low juice. They have in-house bookmakers. They're not a third-party service or provider of odds. They have reduced juice and the best prices you will find on the open market. Also, hassle-free bonuses, a one-time rollover, which means the bonus money is yours after you bet it just one time. Whereas other sites and competitors make you range from five to 30 times to bet that money and unlock your bonus winnings, not at sportsbetting.com. Also, 24-7 live 
customer support. When you contact sportsbetting.com, you are always getting a real person in the U.S. that you can chat with, never a robot, always someone in the good old U.S. of A. But here's the kicker. Right now, after you make your very first deposit, sportsbetting.com will match it up to $750. That's $750 in free bet credits, guys. Plus, right now with the NBA season in full swing, you also get $25 in free bet credits. So head on over to sportsbetting.com slash milehighhuddle. That's sportsbetting.com slash milehighhuddle. And capitalize on up to $750 in free bet credits and start 2021 off on the right foot. All right. Guys, a couple other quick things. We'll dive right into the content and your questions. Just a quick reminder, follow the podcast on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. And by the way, guys, if you see me, my eyes look up a little bit here. I'm just keeping an eye on the national championship game. But follow the podcast on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, the main account, at Mile High Huddle. My partner, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL. Myself, at Chad and Jensen. Also, gang, uh, head on over to HuddleUpPod.com. And get your swag on. It's another way to support what we're doing here at MHH. Get yourself a hat. Get yourself a T-shirt. We've got polos. We've got hoodies. We've got mugs. There's a little something for everybody. And, again, it's another way to support what we're doing here. And so many of you have, and we are just grateful. And and we pinch ourselves every day at the great community that we really do have here at MHH. Also, Zach, we received a complete, I don't know, an outpouring of – Fans reaching out and listeners saying, how do we get in on Kelberman's Corner? How do we become official Facebook supporters? And, you know, we try to spell it out when we're on these these live pods, letting everybody know how to do it. But I'm just really quick, just just for the sake of uh, posterity and being as specific as possible. You just go to Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle. That's our page. All right. As you can see here, this is what it looks like. All right. If you scroll down, there's a big blue button. In fact, let me let me do this. I got to I got to switch this to what it looks like. This is what it looks like for you if you go there. You see the big blue button that says become a supporter? You click that, you are in like Flynn, okay? And then you'll be you'll have access to not only Kelberman's Corner each and every Sunday, but we're going to be feeding and producing more content uniquely tailored to our Facebook supporting uh, community. So check that out if you're in a position to. And if you're not, it's all good, gang. We're just seriously so happy to have you with us in the live stream or if you're listening after the fact as an on-demand podcast. But we do humbly ask, all right, that you subscribe first and foremost, whether that's YouTube, Apple Pod, wherever you listen, make sure you're subscribed, click the notifications. Number two, like this video, crucial on YouTube, crucial on Facebook. And then the last one, number three, is the litmus test. If we are doing a good job for you, I mean, listen, sometimes we might disagree. We might not have the same view on certain topics, this and that. But if you think we're doing a good job, if this is content worthy of your time, share this thing out there. Help us continue to grow and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. At Golden Harvest, our best skill is knowing how to listen. From our Gold Series soybean and game-changing corn portfolios to our expert insights, 
housed in the Illuminate Digital Agronomy Platform. Everything we offer is an answer to what we've heard from you. This is how we listen. Copyright 2021 Syngenta. The trademarks or service marks used herein are the property of a Syngenta Group company. All other trademarks are the property of their respective owners. All right, Zach, I see we have quite a few stacked up here, but I just want to grab this one before the chat jumps. And it's an interesting one from Darab uh, Qureshi. Darab Qureshi. Apologies if I butcher the pronunciation, my friend. But he says on YouTube, if we don't draft or trade up for a QB this year, what are the chances we'll get another opportunity? The GM needs to decide how quickly Drew Locke can be the guy or move on from him and Pat Shermer. Your thoughts, Zach? Man, you know what just occurred to me? It's it's kind of a crappy situation. The new GM, whoever it may be, they're walking into a scenario where the coaching staff has retained the head coach and also the coordinators. So he can't replace Fangio. Let's just say it's let's just say it's George Payton. He can't replace Fangio. He can't replace Pat Shermer. He's stuck in purgatory or incumbency for at least this season. But in terms of answering the question, I, you have to roll with what you're going, what you're building on from last year. And I think what we touched on before we went to our break for the ad was that any GM coming in would want to adhere to what the Broncos want to do. They want to give Locke the first chance to get, you know, to to hold on to that mantle as the quarterback of the future. They want to give him a chance, one more chance, an unfettered chance to become that guy, to build on what he did in the season finale, or to prove once and for all he is not the guy. So my inclination is, without knowing the new GM, with it being January still, he's going to get the first dibs. But, you know, that's why you always have to have a safeguard. That's why I'm saying it's stupid to sign like a, a Mariota or, or acquire a Matt Stafford when if Locke is not the guy, fine, but at least have someone young that can also be up and coming, can also hit his prime, can also have some sort of ceiling. That's why I've been advocating make Locke the number one, but draft a guy maybe in the second or third round. Wouldn't it be a high-priced, big-name guy? But it'd be a guy would have some skills, some potential in a worst case scenario where lock bombs. Listen, there's always going to be opportunities because if you make the wrong decision on the quarterback this year, because your implication here is if you don't strike now while you're in the top 10, who's to say you'll ever have such an opportunity in the future? Well, listen, if you choose Drew Locke this year, ostensibly because you chose not to draft a quarterback and you know, it doesn't work out, you're probably going to be in the top 10 again. So opportunity will knock at some point down the line. Um, it's just, as Zach said, at this stage, we're kind of in a holding pattern until we know who the, the GM hire is. Our friend Jeremy, a.k.a. Black Knight, 232 jumping in. Appreciate you, bro. Good to see you. He says, am I, uh, am I the only one worried about the GM, whoever ends up being the hire, uh, being a yes man to Elway? I think there's a lot of people that share those misgivings, including probably some of the candidates, to be frank with you, Jeremy. Um, But this was something I wrote about today, Zach, in terms of um, John Elway gave a little one-on-one with with Mike Kliss in in written form. And in it, you know, he he admitted that he's been – he's tired. He's kind of grinded down and worn down by this – the enormity of what the job has been for 10 years, right? He's He's – He's, I, wouldn't, I don't know. I guess you could say he's an old man, right? He's north of 60. So if that doesn't qualify for being an old man, what does? But especially these last five years, he's tired. And Zach, the one thing he said, though, that was interesting is really poor, um, you know, cross signals. You know, you get the wires crossed. He's not being as, as articulate on this subject as I think he should be because this all gets thrown out there in the court of public opinion. And I think these GMs see it. He said, look. They're still going to report to me. The GM and Vic are going to 
you know, run this ship, so to speak, but they still report to me. And it just sends mixed signals. It's like, all right, we get it. You know, in an executive hierarchy, the president's at the very top, you know, and then you've got, in the case of the National Football League, GM and then a head coach, depending on, you know, how certain contracts are structured. But nevertheless, when you have to throw in that caveat, Zach, but they'll report to me, it just muddies the water instead of just saying, look, I'm here to be a sounding board. I'm here because this is what I think he meant to say, but he just didn't do a good job of articulating it enough to make it, you know, uh, uh, unquestionable. Look, I'm here as a sounding board. You need me input advice. I'm here, but this is the new guy's gig. Well, I mean, listen, a zebra can't change his stripes overnight. I mean, Elway has known nothing but consolidated power for the last decade. And actually, as a player as well, I mean, he ran Denver when he was a quarterback. Uh, you know, he had input into personnel moves, and he was among that stature. I also read something really interesting. Anyone after the podcast, of course, uh, Elway gave an interview with Peter King for the MMQB. He puts it out every Monday. He said the same two words you said, or that Elway said to Kliss, I'm tired. And Peter King ended that little set. It was a little paragraph, great little uh, window into Elway's thinking. He said, this is for real. This was King's opinion on the situation. This is legit. It's not a yes, man. This isn't a puppet show. Elway really is backing out of the limelight. Gone next year. And the new GM is the new GM, not just in title, but in power as well. Here's an interesting question, a super chat from our, our friend, Chase Wellner. And by the way, gang, I am uh, traveling today to visit some family. And so, I'm in a hotel room. If by any means the Wi-Fi, Zach, if you notice anything, holler at me and let me know, and and uh, we'll see what we can do. But um, Chase says Albright, Benjamin Albright, thinks we could hire Peyton and Kelly. Listen, that's that kind of echoes something that Cliss said today in that same conversation I mentioned that I listened to, and that is that his read, based on what he's the guys he's talked to in the front office, you know, Cliss is as plugged in as anyone in the NFL when it comes to you know, Broncos HQ, his read is that the Broncos like Champ Kelly, but they like him as the number two, meaning the the implication then being it's Peyton or Fontenot as the number one. So that's something Cliss is kind of putting out there on the, on the airwaves. It sounds like Benjamin Albright, which I haven't seen, is kind of echoing that, um, which you and I, Zach, we talked about this right before we went live, the notion that, hey, Champ Kelly, they interviewed him, they like him, but Maybe they're not quite ready to give him the reins. What would be your thoughts on a, can you imagine a Terry Fontenot, Chap Kelly, you know, duo regime in the front office? I mean, that'd be, talk about an infusion of youth and juice. Well, I mean, look, at if you stack up Kelly versus Fontenot or George Payton, it's like two are really high qualified candidates. And one is just not there yet, Chad. You know, one, George Payton's been an assistant GM and Fontenot's had his hand in every part of the Saints organization. Shane Kelly's only in his, you know, coming out of his third season with them now in his current role. So he's still pretty young. And I see why uh, Elway might be, or at least the Broncos might be apprehensive about making him the number one. I wouldn't mind it. It would make the Broncos obviously a better team getting two of those candidates. It reminds me of the Broncos hiring Fangio and also hiring Munchak to work under him. It's the same kind of situation. I wouldn't mind it, but I almost want Peyton to be the one in charge of scouting. You know, if that's what I'm hiring for, talent acquisition. I'd, I wouldn't want maybe Kelly necessarily overlapping him or overruling him. I would want George Payton to be the one to make the call. But in terms of roster building, chemistry building, personality, in terms of being a player's executive, there's no downside to pairing Fontenot or uh, George Payton with Sham Kelly. 
This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Very, very interesting prospect. We'll see how that shakes out. Our friend Dennis Woods, one of the superstars, jumping in on Super Chat. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, just want to show some love and appreciation. Denver Broncos for life. Hashtag state of being from blank. But we all know where this cat is from. Michigan. Y'all, good to see you, my friend. Appreciate you, Dennis. Uh, We also got Antonio Aragon jumping in. Good to see you as well, my friend. He says, happy to catch the pod. Do you guys think Locke takes a major leap next year if given the chance? Hashtag Broncos country. I think uh, I'm inclined, as I've, as I've been saying for the last couple of months now, guys, I've, I'm inclined to, to give Locke uh, year three uh, as the guy for a reason. I think that he's really close to unlocking the equation. You know, it's like, it's like in uh, goodwill hunting, right? The, the guy, the, the professor has the, equation up on the on the blackboard and all the students walk by no one can solve it and then one day you know goodwill or will hunting walks in solves the thing and the, the whole thing unlocks and everything that's how close drew lock is he's this close to being will hunting but you know in my opinion but he's got to be given the opportunity to to you know actually put it into practice and, and finish what he and the broncos started it's just unclear at this point whether or not he's going to be given that shot because zach you know, John Elway, I think, in his heart of hearts, wants to give that to Drew Locke. But at the same time, if he's given over the reins, he's giving over the reins. And in that right. sense, you can't control how one of these guys <clears throat> might ultimately view Locke and the quarterback position and how to prioritize that. I like that analogy a lot with Goodwill Hunting. That, that was uh, that was pretty clever. In terms of Locke, though, I mean, it's the same old story. It's going to sound like a bunch of excuse making or him needing a perfect situation to succeed, like some quarterbacks, like Jared Goff, for example. But, you know, if he doesn't have injuries to his best players, like Cortland Sutton, if he's given a normal offseason, if his coaching staff works with him and calls the best plays for him, he has the talent and also on lock, not also to remove himself from blame. If he takes a step forward, if he becomes more accurate, if he works on his mechanics, if he removes the hero ball from his game, then yes. We don't know it can be the year of Drew Locke necessarily, like we were predicting, but the next step forward, you know, 3,500, 4,000 passing yards, 25 touchdowns, 12 picks. The Broncos are a 10-win team, absolutely within reason, and especially, Chad, if you have the right man in the building who would allow him to cook, as they would say in Seattle. Amen. Burn the guitarist jumping in. Good to see you, my friend, a guy that's become increasingly more of a of a player on super chat. So it's great to have you. We've really enjoyed your contributions to the community and the conversation, my friend. So keep it up. 
He says, hey, guys, I thought we agreed that Elway and the roster wasn't really the problem in 2020. Do you think a new GM will really be that transformative? Yeah, I mean, in terms of what took place on the field, right, from week one to week 17, I think Elway did about as good a job as you could expect him to do in terms of, you know, the pieces that were put in place. He coming off the heels of three really successful, in my opinion, drafts, you know, made a few free agent moves, mostly on the trade market that he that you, we all expected to pan out because we knew Bouye was Vic Fangio's dream corner dating all the way back to 2017. Jarrell Casey was coming off a, a fifth straight Pro Bowl. You know, you bring in Melvin Gordon, who Zach and I, we were not high on that on that uh, signing, but he ended up out kicking his coverage in terms of what we expected to see. All those pieces were put in place, but then there were so many weird mitigating factors that the season just went off the rails. But because it's coming on year five of a five-year post-Super Bowl 50 playoff drought, you know, it all gets tangled up into one big thing. So 2020, Zach, ends up getting kind of saddled with the with the failures of the previous four years, call it fair or not, but that's just the way the cookie crumbled. And so for Elway, again, I think this was something that Joe Ellis saw the writing on the wall. And at whatever point, I want to say it was uh, probably the KC game in the snow again this year down the stretch and said, hey, man, doesn't look like this thing's going to go our way. Um, you know, here's an idea. You thought about maybe let's hire someone to run GM. And you step back and just kind of be the figure figurehead president role. And J- John Elway, you know, just this is just based on what the Broncos have told us, not necessarily how I view this. This is what the Broncos said happened. John Elway mulled that over and said, yeah, the time is right. But Zach, a new GM, what can he really do to co- coming in here if Elway had done a good enough job that, you know, it wasn't his fault the way things went? I mean, I think just a, a new vision, something different, a change, not change for just the sake of change. But bringing in a guy who come, that has a legit resume and is a force to be reckoned with, that's what the Broncos need right now. 2020 wasn't Elway's fault, and you know, in certain areas it was Elway's fault. It, for the most part, it wasn't. It was way more on coaching, Chad, and the personnel, uh, you know, the, the quarterbacking or injuries or the pandemic. It was mostly on the coaching than it was what Elway did. I thought he made amazing moves, and I was lauding him as an offseason up there with 2014, we all revered that offseason with all the acquisitions they made, but getting Gerald Casey for a seventh rounder, getting Boye for a mid-round pick, and going all in on your young quarterback, drafting two receivers, I thought Elway had a great offseason, but this is where it was his fault as well, though. He front-loaded the roster. He left the Broncos bare in certain areas, right tackle, inside linebacker, cornerback. That's where I would want a new guy in the building that has that eye, that can find those players in every draft class. When you can find Alvin Kamara at the 67th overall pick, whatever he was, I want that guy. I want, so if Bryce Callahan goes down, they have another two, three cornerbacks that step up, Chad and just become stars in the making. I want a dynamic inside linebacker. I want new blood in the building that has that vision. Elway, just whatever reason, maybe it was ego, pride, he didn't see it, inability, incompetency, whatever it may be, there were certain areas where Elway as GM, not just this season, but right tackle for how many years now has been a problem for Denver, even giving Juwan James that contract. Maybe the next GM wouldn't leave the Broncos so bare there. So 90% of the time, you know, the, the reason for the Broncos being bad this year was not on Elway, but that 10% is where I feel like the new GM can improve upon. I think Elway's biggest problem that really cursed him 
was his failures and straight up swinging and missing at the quarterback position. And with Drew Locke, you may have finally found the guy, but in terms of Elway's ultimate fate, it was too late in the game because Locke needed to go through his own trial and error learning curve, develop through a trial by fire, live bullet scenario. And the Broncos just were no longer in a position to afford him that when the stakes are your actual record in regular season games without it trickling down and affecting Elway's cachet and clout as a GM. So even though Drew Locke's kind of failure to launch in 2020 is not necessarily the entire book on Drew, he might end up coming back in 2021 and finally blowing the doors down, or he might come back and completely flame out. We don't know. But he ends up, similar to what I talked about in my last remark, he ends up kind of carrying the same stripes of Elway's uh, previous failures at the quarterback position that include Paxton Lynch, uh, the the whole Brock Osweiler debacle when he originally left Denver, which led to Paxton Lynch, Chad Kelly and the embarrassment there, the swing and miss on Case Keenum, the swing and miss on Joe Flacco. It all just adds up to a point where, you know, again, this is a quarterback-driven league, Zach. you got to have the QB. And I think Drew Locke could still be that guy, but it was too little too late in terms of Elway's fate. Jesus, anyone else depressed right now? Rattling off those names, Chad, like what we've been through the last few years. I mean, the Broncos are due for just a dynamic franchise quarterback, Locke or somebody else. Man, wow. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Drew H., good to see you. Our friend Drew Hollenbeck, longtime listener, bona fide superstar he's a he's a mount rushmore superstar for us here at mhh i mean look at that profile pic we love it it brings a tear to to my eye good to see you my friend and we really appreciate that that generosity thank you drew says what's up guys been a minute fontenot is the perfect option in my eye i don't like a lot of the moves chicago and minnesota have made the past few years paying cousins drafting trubisky yeah we share a brain with you on that but here's one thing that I had to kind of be reminded of Zach with regard to, to Champ Kelly's resume. He was given a lot of credit for that 2014 free agent class in Denver that landed where Ward, 
Talib and Emmanuel Sanders, he had a big role in that. He's been he he was given a lot of credit for kind of putting those pieces together and getting the stars to align the way it did. And then Elway comes in, you know, and, and consummates the deal, closes it down, so to speak. So even though the whole Trubisky thing is a huge red flag, Champ Kelly does have some successes, but I'm with, I'm with Drew. My guy remains Terry Fontenot with George Payton as just a very close second. But here's the thing. No one remembers Champ Kelly for what he did in Denver. Everyone associates him with passing on, or maybe it's some sort of, false misconception that he was the one who signed off on it, but he was among the contingent that didn't place one pre-draft phone call or interview with Deshaun Watson. Just like they don't remember Elway chat for that 2014 free agent class, people outside of Denver anyway, they all remember him and associate him with the bad quarterbacks that followed him that you just rattled off. So if it boils down to it, I believe the Broncos internal thinking, if what Cliss said is true, matches mine completely. Champ Kelly has you know, he's a qualified candidate. He's a really good guy, overcome a lot, uh, personable, good with players. But his resume doesn't hold a candle to someone like Terry Fontenot. The, the roster he's assembled, Chad, what he's done in New Orleans, even what George Payton has done in Minnesota. If you look at his bio on the on the Vikings website, the Pro Bowlers, the, the division titles, the roster turnover and all they've overcome and, and what he does on a weekly basis, not just finding players or scouting players, but handling some, some parts of the salary cap, handling game breakdowns, advanced scouting. He does it all. So that's why Fontenot especially is my number one. But realistically, I would not cry if George Payton was the guy either. Plus, when you look at Payton's resume, you're accomplishing all that in the same division where Aaron Rodgers has hung his hat you know, since becoming a starter in, in what was it, 08, I think was his first year as a starter. So, yeah, it, it takes on a, a, a different, um, you know, gleam. Savage Boy Kev on Twitch wants to know, do you guys stream on Sundays? This is my first offseason watching the pod, so I don't know. All right, guys, we're going to drop some really complicated programming information on you, okay? Make sure you grab a pen. Make sure you grab a piece of paper. This one's going to be a little complicated, hard to remember. It'll be a quiz tomorrow. Every day, seven days a week, Mile High Huddle streams a podcast, six o'clock mountain to seven o'clock mountain, give or take a few minutes on both ends. So my friend Kev, so every day, my friend, every single day, including Sundays, even in the off season, Sundays is a, is a Chad and Zach day. It's Huddle Up podcast. We go, we go, Zach and I, we go Sunday, Monday, we're off Tuesday. We're come back Wednesday, Thursday. Meanwhile, building the Broncos is on Tuesday. Uh, Dove Valley Deep Divers on Friday and Mile High Insiders on Saturday. So we're one big happy fam. Uh, Crudam, 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 cool name, my friend. Appreciate you. It's a name we don't recognize, Zach, on <clears throat> on uh, Super Chat. So welcome, welcome and thank you, bro. Do you guys believe we should wait until pick nine for an inside linebacker or should we move up? I'm tired of tight ends shredding our defense. Maybe the second pick goes to defense as well at corner. Uh, Crudum YT on Twitter. All right, I'll try and find you, my friend. I appreciate you letting me know that because we like tagging our superstars after every single podcast. So I'll reach out and connect with you, my friend. Um, but listen, you don't trade up for an inside linebacker unless it's you know the second coming of Mike Singletary or freaking Ray Lewis or one of these guys maybe. But you don't have a crystal ball. You can't know that that's what a guy is going to be. So now look, if you're at pick nine, Zach and, and uh, Micah Parsons ends up falling to eight, 
and you can tell that they don't want to take a linebacker there and you want, or, or, or I don't know. That's, that's not a very good example, but if he, if he's within one or two picks of where you're at, maybe depending on the price you would consider it, but typically that's just not a position you give up very coveted, important draft capital to acquire. Exactly. Yeah. It's like trading up for a line, uh, a running back in round one. You just don't do it in today's NFL. And I'm right there with you. Uh, Crudum. I don't, I've been pining for an inside linebacker for the last four years now. They cannot keep getting by with the Josie jewels of the world starting there, but Chad's right. You're not going to sacrifice premium draft capital with a new GM to boot. I mean, this guy's going to want more opportunities to hit on draft picks and he's going to want to probably stockpile capital and not get rid of it. If Parsons falls to eight, I'm having a conversation about trading up. But if you stay put, you're pretty much guaranteed to land a blue chip prospect, whether that's a Caleb Farley or whether that's a Zach Wilson. So my inclination is always in the top 10 is to stay put up until right about when you're on the clock, maybe one or two picks in advance, scout the board. If if you don't have 100% conviction, you stay put and take the BPA. You know, if the the new GM comes in and does the post, you know, the Elway postmortem and says, look, I like Drew. But he's not the guy. He's not who I envision being able to carry the torch. If that's what your ultimate evaluation is, then you sell out to get the quarterback now. In terms of how the G, how a GM would think, you do whatever you can to get the quarterback. I still, depending, even though we don't know yet who that GM is going to be, I still think the one parting kind of grip of Elway here is whoever this hire is coming in saying, hey, I'm not saying don't tinker with quarterback. My one request is, Drew, one more year. I think that's what's going to happen. So to get back to what Crudum said, to me, you hit the nail on the head, bro. Linebacker, corner, it, it, switch the order. I don't, I don't care, but those need to be the top priorities in rounds one and two, in my opinion. And thank you, Christos. Uh, Duke Boynton, bona fide <laughs> superstar. What is that? A spider? Like some some big-ass spider in your hand, dude? I don't know what that yeah. is. That's creepy, doc. I'm, uh, but it's I'm good to see killing you. it with fire. <laughs> Love you, buddy. Good to see you. He says, follow Zach. Y'all won't be disappointed. Uh, Duke. Trust. Too kind, man. Some of you will. Just a disclaimer. If you do follow me, I'm sure some of you will. But I appreciate you, Duke, as always. Super chat, superstar chat. Mount Rushmore. Thank you, Duke. Oh, yeah. And a friend. He's he's. I, yes. I'm lucky to call him a friend, and, and we both are. But love you, Duke. Good to see you, bro. Uh, Boise man in the house again. Boise man, by the way. Are you on Twitter? Because after last night's show, once again, I tried to find you, but there's, I couldn't, I couldn't be sure. Let me know if you're on Twitter by reaching out, connect with me. I'll follow back. We'd like to be able to stay, uh, stay on top of all of our superstars. Follow them on Twitter, shout them out. But he says, uh, and by the way, hope baby girl is uh, doing well. Or actually, yeah, he said it was, the baby girl was born. So again, congrats on that. Peyton, I remember. See, doc, I remember. If new GM comes in and wants a new quarterback, I'd rather take a shot on a new OC as well. Pat Shermer is not the guy to mold a modern quarterback. Your thoughts, Zach? Right there with you, Boise, man. If Locke goes, Shermer has to go as well, because what's the point? Why would you keep an incumbent coordinator with a new quarterback? And if he failed with Locke, why would you want him to ruin another quarterback? So absolutely a billion percent. If Locke is not the answer, then Shermer has to go as well. And Chad, what's unfortunate now is not only... You know, Locke isn't just tied to Elway. Locke is tied to Pat Shermer. And unfortunately for Locke, that might be his downfall. I don't think Shermer is it. I just don't. Um, Zach, I don't know if you, on your end in the stream, if you can, if you see Kenneth's first super talking about Kubiak and Levi, 
by chance. Uh, if not, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, reverse engineer, but I'll start here grabbing Cameron while you take a look. Yeah, I can only go up to about that. That's the last okay. super chat All I have. Right. I'll reverse engineer him. Uh, Cameron Whitehead, good to see you, my friend. Again, reminder, if you're on Twitter, connect with us, my friend. He says, look, if Elway stood down, he needs to let the new guy do his job and not stand in his way. Plain and simple. We have enough, we have enough issues without the, I'll, this is my word, power struggle. And I, <clears throat> I agree with you. If you're stepping down as GM, step down as GM. And I think, honestly, I really do. I think for the most part, that's what Elway plans to do. You know, he, he again, he emphasized today in that one-on-one with Cliss that, um, you know, he wants to be involved in the big decisions. So let's let's define what we can assume he means by the big decisions. Anything to do with quarterback, right? Drew Locke's future, uh, the, the big uh, A-list free agents like Justin Simmons, Shelby Harris, Vaughn Miller, obviously that's a that's – a, decision that is not just a fiscal decision or even a 2021 football decision. That's a legacy. That's an organizational decision that, you know, uh, reverberates depending on what you do with Vaughn. He's one of the all-time great Broncos ever. That's probably a decision that he would at least want to be consulted on. doesn't mean he wants to come in and strong arm it his way, but he wants some input there and just to have that be a part of the, you know, the zeitgeist or whatever for the GM. What else? Maybe what you do in the first round. Other than that, Zach, I think Elway's hands off. And even in those scenarios that I just stipulated, I think it's if and only when the GM comes to him, him, you know, and he's going to be working yeah. in tandem, this GM with Fangio. Fangio's going to have a lot more say on things than he has in the last couple of years. But I think Elway's just kind of be, going to be there as the sounding board. He's just not doing a very good job, in my opinion, of communicating that as succinctly as he could in the court of public opinion. I think just his – just his machinations and and his his habits and and what he's known for the last decade of being the Broncos GM or most of the last decade and he's just having to learn to transition away from that. It's like when you're when we we were in school we had to write down the date and it was a new year. How often do we all? And I still do this now. I write the old you know year for the first month of the new year. Elway has to learn he's not the GM anymore and to he has to unwire his brain to think that way. But to answer the question. You know, I could see the old Elway, the prideful Elway, you know, most of the stuff that has to do with his roster. He's leaving the new GM, his baby, Chad. These are all the players that Elway brought into the building. It's like if you worked on a car and it was almost completed and you give it to somebody else, you step away from it, you're still kind of wondering what they're going to do to your car, what they're going to undo, what they're going to change. And you take that very personally. He spent years and blood and sweat building up this Broncos roster and this Broncos coaching staff. And he's going to, it's tough. It's like watching someone date your ex. It's a weird feeling. It's a weird sight to see. And you have to kind of just learn to live with it. And enough time goes by, Chad, apathy kicks in. And once apathy kicks in for Elway, there's retirement. Yeah, it's like it's it's like it's akin to someone coming in and dating your ex and then, you know, stepping in and being dad of your kid. Right. You're like, hey, dude, that's my job. What are you doing, dog? Yes. All right. It's more more apt. We're here for the metaphors and, and analogies. <laughs> I dropped like four there, but hopefully one caught on. Well done. Kenneth Booker in the house. Good to see you, bro. He says, probably won't happen, but is Kubiak GM material? No. Well, Kub had, for what it's worth, I'm just going to get this out there so we have, you know, the lay of the land. Kub has not only been a head coach for, you know, dang near. How long was he in Houston? Seven, eight years as head coach? Something like that. And then two more in Denver. 
Plus, he had the front office role in the scouting department as a special assistant or advisor, whatever that title was to Elway. He's got some qualifications to be considered, but that's more old guard. That's more old blood. And I get it that one of the models of success the Broncos have kind of had in their big moments is, you know, when the band gets back together. So, you know, Elway <clears throat> got to a Super Bowl or two, or three in the 80s. His OC for at least a couple of those was Mike Shanahan, right? Then the band gets broken up. Shanahan goes off. He does his thing, ends up getting a job with the Raiders. That doesn't work, so he goes to the Niners. Finally, Pat Boland says, hey, I fired Wade Phillips. <clears throat> Mike, come be the guy. Gets reunited with Elway. The band's back together, and boom, off to the races, two Super Bowls. Then cut to 2015, or actually I'll, I'll date it a little bit further back, 2011. Broncos depredations post Josh McDaniels. It's at the time the lowest moment in franchise history. Pat Bowen has the Eureka moment. Let's get Elway back here and see if we can make some magic. Elway comes in, does a pretty good job, lands Peyton Manning, which is great. But the band came back together, so to speak. The familiar faces that have in the past influenced this thing in, in the best way as far as, you know, you look at the three world championships. One thing, I, I would say three things in common. Elway was involved in all three at some level, right? Kubiak was involved in all three at some level. And even though Mike Shanahan was not on staff for Super Bowl 50, I would contend that he had his fingerprints on Super Bowl 50 as well because of his imprint and influence not only on Elway, but on Kubiak schematically and as a coach. I mean, everything Kubiak learned in terms of coaching, he learned from Mike Shanahan. So that's kind of a long-winded answer, Zach, to, to get to the – to the to the point here, no on Kuba. I know I I know that he's part of the old band, but the real magic here is that that brought you those three Lombardis. The one common denominator that ultimately matters the most when you boil it all down, it's Elway. Yes, and when he resigned, I mean, just to continue the timeline a little bit, when he resigned from the Broncos due to health concerns. A year later, I mean, reports were surfacing. He was itching to get back, and he wants to be back in the game. And he and all this almost desperation feelers he was sending out to the NFL, you know, to teams and to uh, prospective suitors. He couldn't land a head coaching job. He he had to settle for a coordinating job. So what what would make anyone think he can leap from that to going to GM? I mean, he was a good head coach, maybe not great, and he's been a decent offensive mind. He did a lot of good with Kirk Cousins in Minnesota this year. I mean, Cousins and Justin Jefferson, that offense was pretty electric. GM, I can't see it. And I don't even think OC, he retired for good this time, Chad. I think he's he had his little, he fulfilled his craving. He scratched that itch. And now time to enjoy retirement, just like Elway will next offseason. Trying to, uh, real quick, the delay there, I'm trying to get a share this YouTube link on uh, Facebook since we're not able to, to stream directly to our community there this, tonight. I feel a little bit guilty, so I hurried and shared the uh, shared the YouTube link for tonight's stream. But uh, let's grab Levi. Good to see you, bro. One of our superstars who really came on strong, I want to say like late summer, something like that, and then he has a really cool job. Took him away from us for a while. Now he's back, and it's just been great having you back, Levi. But he says, hey, fellas, I want the GM to be hired already. I've been checking my phone every 15 minutes to see if they got hired yet. I know, man, it's one of, I honestly, I, I feel you on that because it feels like none of the other dominoes that need to fall, Zach, can fall until that gets resolved. 
Yeah, and also the fact that Fontenot is still in the playoffs. I mean, Champ Kelly and George Payton can start right now. I mean, tomorrow, you know, you know, for lack of a better, you know, realistic timeline. But Fontenot, per NFL rules, would have to wait until the Saints are eliminated to put pen to paper. But if he's the guy, he's the guy. And if this goes, Chad, past Wednesday or Thursday, I think that's an indication that Fontenot is the guy. Otherwise, what are you waiting for? They've had Zoom meetings. They're going to have at least one in-person interview. If we don't have an answer by Wednesday, which I think we will, I think it'll be Peyton as of right now, that could be an indication that they're leaning toward Terry down in New Orleans. Yeah, I know that's another um, you know, timeline that Cliss put out is he thinks by Wednesday there's probably going to be some kind of an answer and an announcement coming. So you can deduce a few things from that timeline he was given because – I don't think he just pulls that out of his rear end. Like I think he was given that at some point along the line in the conversations. This is me making assumptions here, but uh, you know, trying to be Sherlock Holmes over here. But I think he was given that kind of a timeline and was planted um, for a reason. And what can you deduce from it? I'm not sure, but it probably points to George Payton because Terry Fontenot, even though everything I've heard is it's him and Pey- it comes down to him and Payton right now. Zach, he's, he's in the playoffs. You can't get him at least another week. And who knows? You might not be able to get him till the second week of February after the Super Bowl. Right. That, that could be the Saints' uh, ultimate trajectory this year. Kenneth, again, jumping in. Good to see you, my friend, as always. He says, if the Broncos draft a quarterback, who would be oh, the best fit at nine? Zach, I'm going to say removing Trevor Lawrence off the board, another Zach would be the best with the best fit. Um, but Lawrence, you know, he's the dream, but he's, he's off the table unless you're going to sell out the entire farm and you got to convince number one to give that up. Nevertheless, I would probably have to say if you're, if you're hell bent to get a quarterback there, the best fit probably going to be Zach Wilson. I said it yesterday and I'll say it again. There's not, at least in my opinion, there's not much of a gap separating Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. There is a gap. But it's it's not as massive as some people would want you believe. He is easily, in my opinion, again, the quarterback two in this year's draft class. I really like him a lot as a prospect. He is so comfortable and so wise and mature beyond his years, so poised. He's a dual threat player. He he steps up in big situations. Nothing rattles him. I mean, he is everything you want in a prospective franchise quarterback. If it's not lock in 2021, I'm crossing my fingers that it's Zach Wilson. All right, we are at the 50-minute mark, and uh, I kind of feel like I'm whistling past the graveyard a little bit here, <clears throat> being on a hotel Wi-Fi, so I don't want to push our luck too much. We're going to have to keep this one <clears throat> excuse me, pretty tight to the one-hour mark. So as you guys know, we don't leave any superstar out in the cold when it comes to this podcast. Let's grab Levi. I appreciate you again, man. Thank you. He says, can they hire Fontenot while he's still in the playoffs, or do they have to wait? They do have to wait till the Saints get bounced. And the reason why is, you know, it, it depends on um, <clears throat> that person's role specifically. With Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. 
Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. The team, but one of Terry Fontenot and his contract, one of Terry Fontenot's responsibility is, a, is something Zach touched on a few minutes ago, which is it's called advanced scouting. And all that means is that Fontenot heads up the process of scouting the upcoming opponent. So that's crucial during the regular season, and it's even more so during the playoffs, obviously. So, you know, the, the Saints, for the guy that's been spearheading that all year, oh, sorry, you just got a new job as the GM with another team. We get that, but we're not letting you leave till we're done here, basically. So that's the downside with Fontenot is you're still waiting a little while. It's a, a stupid rule, too. I mean, what's, it's an archaic requirement or, you know, uh, prerequisite to hiring a new coach or GM, the, the waiting period. Yeah, he couldn't technically sign, but, you know, there's always these underneath-the-table type deals, these wink-wink agreements they can have in place. But I was going to say on the last question before this one about the GM hiring, you have to get the guy in the building now, Chad. I, I mean, pr- scouting is coming up now. Free agency is coming up in a few months. We have the combine, whatever that's going on, maybe virtually. You have to get the guy in the building to start looking over the Broncos roster and instilling his vision for what he wants to do. The, the more time wasted is going to hurt Denver in the long term. Jen Heckel jumping in, and Jen has become more and more active within the community over the last month or so, I would say, and it's been great getting to know you a little bit better, Jen, and we appreciate your support. She says, hey, guys, we've said all season, coaching, coaching, coaching. If the new GM can't touch coaching, will we still have a chance next season? This was something uh, – thank you, Jen, by the way, and she's using one of your catchphrases there, Zach. Um, but this was something I kind of mulled over today on Twitter. I can't remember who it was. I was responding to a tweet on – oh, no, is when Doug Peterson got fired. I, I quote tweeted something to the effect of, um, you know, if you're going to blow it up, in terms of Vic Fangio uh, gets fi- uh, doesn't get fired after two losing seasons to start his career. Doug Peterson, only, what is it, three years removed from hoisting the Lombardi and bringing Philadelphia their one and only Lombardi trophy, gets canned. And I'm not saying he wasn't deserving to get fired. Don't, don't misunderstand because it's been bad in Philly the last couple of years. But meanwhile, Vic Fangio gets a pass and – you're blowing up the front office. So, like, I, I wonder about the logic of the half measures. You know, half measures rarely um, prevailed, no matter what 
you know, the environment, the situation, no matter what it is. And so, you know, and this was more me just kind of thinking out loud on Twitter. I wasn't necessarily advocating for Vic Fangio at all. That's not what I was saying to lose his job, but I do wonder about that. And I think really what it comes down to is whoever gets the job and it's probably going to be George Payton. I think the understanding is, Hey, try to make it work with Vic. Let's give 2021 an honest effort. If it doesn't work, you're, you'll handpick your guy in 2022. Yes, thousand, thousand, thousand percent. That's what's going to happen. Fangio, for all intents and purposes, is a lame duck in 2021. He's coaching for his job pretty much like everybody else. I mean, not to mention McMahon shouldn't have a job right now. They should start you know, replacing uh, some members of the coaching staff. But yes, it's all going to boil down to, to answer the question more directly, the Broncos will go next year as the offensive coaching goes. Because we can assume with a healthy roster, Fangio's defense, for the most part, should be effective it comes down to the offense and quarterbacking play. Can Pat Shermer unlock Drew with no excuses, no pandemic, no lost preseason games, no injuries? It's going to come down to that. If they flounder, I mean, I chat, depending on who it is, I can see Fangio getting fired midseason. If they start 0-5, 1-6, I can see him saying, you know what, this is not my guy. I want to pick my guy. We're going to have an interim coach and then, and then reboot in the offseason. So, yes, Fangio is a lame duck, and he is coaching for his job in 2021. I'll tell you what, he can't survive another 0-4, 1-3 mm-hmm. next year. I really don't think so. I think they'll just pull the plug because, I mean, look at his record. The first four games of the season, the first quarter of the, of the season, 0-4 in 2019, 1-3 in 2020. And it took a just really weird game and drawing the worst team in the league on your schedule this year in week four, the Jets, to avoid starting 0-4 in back-to-back years. And again, that it just goes. There's so many mitigating factors. I get it. The outliers of the pandemic and all the injuries and just the weirdness of the season that was. But still, it's just hard to believe that if you're going to blow up GM and you're and you're Joe Ellis and you say to yourself, "Look, time to make a change. We need new leadership." John, you know, fade off into the background. But we're going to go ahead and keep Vic. I just, I get it. The continuity key. You're hoping that continuity key unlocks something big in year three of the Fangio regime. I'm just not sure that if you're bringing a new blood in the front office, that that's the right decision. Ch- Chad, wager it real quick, because I think there's like a 70, 75% chance the Broncos will have a new head coach in 22. I, I As much as I want to like Vic and his coaching staff and, and you know, the current personnel, I, I really don't see him being the guy. And I want it to happen. I'm not saying it won't happen. It's way too premature. They don't even have a GM right now. I just happen to think there's a really, really positive chance they can have a new head man after this next season. And for what it's worth, uh, those of you who've been listening to the Huddle Up podcast for a while now, uh, you can remember that it was Zach who was pounding the table for Vic before Vic was even on my <laughs> radar, all right, as a as a head coaching candidate right before the 2018 season ended. Uh, just Zach was like, uh, no, I'm not saying this to clown at all. I'm saying no. the reason I'm saying this is you – you liked him. You thought he'd be good. And so for you to say, I have my doubts now two years in, that's you saying, look, you know, I'm calling the spade a spade. It hasn't been what it, what it should be. Right. And it hasn't been anywhere as close. Now, here's Naj. Good to see you, bro. Uh, by the way, are you on Twitter yet? Hey, brothers, hopeful for the offseason. I think the team has to focus on defense this year. Locking up Shelby, replacing Josie Jewell, and rebuilding the secondary. Greatest concern, yes. Sangio Sherman. Exactly. Thoughts? 
Exactly. Yeah, we, we literally just talked about. Yeah, they have to determine, you know, the defense, what they want to do there. I would cut Jarrell Casey. I would obviously pay Shelby Harris. I would resign Simmons. And yes, get a dynamic inside linebacker, obviously replenish the secondary. Naj, you're a thousand percent spot on. A lot of this is common sense, but this cannot be an offseason minus what you want to do at quarterback devoted to offense. It has to be, regardless of GM, stockpiling the defense and getting that unit back to where they should be next season. The Queen jumping in, showing some love at uh, late here as we're about to sign off for the night. Appreciate you, Christy, and Thank everything you. Uh, you do for, for us and for the community. You know, we love you. Yes. Um, I think that's it as far as supers, but here's one question I think is worth our time before as we kind of sign off and, and wish you all a good evening and get back to fully focusing on the national championship game. Robert on uh, YouTube, Caslow, says, would waiting for Terry Fontenot be worth waiting until – February, so assuming, let's just say, for the sake of argument, the Saints go all the way to the Super Bowl. Is he a guy that you put everything on ice, you put everything on hold for? Let's say the decision is done today, Zach. Let's just say as an example, this is done. They haven't announced it yet, but he's agreed to terms. The Broncos want him, but they got to wait. Would you – do you see him as being such a superior option in terms of Peyton or Kelly – that he'd be worth that weight in comparison to getting them boots on the ground right now. See, that's my thing. There's no comparison between uh, Fontenot and Kelly. I No comparison at all. But Peyton and, and Fontenot, though, the, the drop-off, if there is one, is negligible. And, and George Peyton has some strong suits and more experience than Fontenot has in certain areas. God, I don't. That's that's a trick question. I I love Fontenot a lot, and I think he is the best candidate. But to wait another three weeks, even with a deal in place, you're delaying what he wants to do in the building. He wants to have interviews with the players, Chad. He he wants to get a feel for the organization, or and even in you know CV times right now, he has to get his vision set up. He has to take a look at the roster. I mean, he can't do this right now, focusing on the playoffs and the Saints. So he can't really wear two hats in that sense. I don't know. I, I don't know that I would wait that long with this offseason being so crucial to Denver and scouting coming up and the signing period coming up and all these different moves that has to be made. I don't know. As much as I like him, I don't know that I wait three weeks. That's why I think the Broncos are going to hire George Payton yeah. because they just don't want to roll the dice on on a undeterminable right now. That's not even a word, but an unfocused you know, timeline on getting their GM. They know that he can start today. George Payton. By the way, Manny, you know we love you. Manny's one of our longtime listeners, a superstar, been with us forever. This is like something I would say about Ohio State. He says, no good quarterback has come out of BYU. Look it up. Let me just list a few. Let's see. Hall of Famer Steve Young. All right, there's one. Um, I don't know. Ty Detmer won a Heisman but sucked in the league, right? I'm trying to think after that. Well, Jim McMahon. I mean, there's been Kelly Moore. He was pretty good, at least in college. But he was Boise State. Oh, that's right. I got the feed Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My fault. Um, um, Jim McMahon won a Super Bowl, Super Bowl winning quarterback from BYU. If, uh, lately, though, you're 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 right in terms of they haven't had any um, big NFL studs. So you know, Taysom Hill. I guess you could throw him in there, but he's not he's not there quite yet as a bona fide signal caller in the league, but BYU used to be known, Manny. Uh, Maybe I'm a little bit older than you, and so my reckoning goes back a little farther on this, but BYU used to be considered a quarterback factory, all right? They they did a great job under Lavelle Edwards back in the day, 
recruiting, cultivating top of the line quarterback talent. And that, that, that bloom has kind of faded off that, that rose of late, but Zach, uh, Zach Wilson could be the guy to kind of get him back on the map. I mean, I understand the whole thing about Ohio State quarterbacks. Not to sound hypocritical, but what was Tony Romo's school? What was it? North Dakota State Technical College? Like, (laughs) sometimes it doesn't matter what college they go to. It just it matters of what the player can do. And in this day and age, I'm not writing anyone off, fields included. You know, if they they couldn't be a good option for the Broncos, it's just my preference. I happen to think Zach Wilson is better quarterback in this draft class than Lance or then Fields, and he's not much further behind than Trevor Lawrence. Wasn't it Illinois State? For I know you're making a joke about Tony Romo, but I want to say Illinois State or Illinois something, and him, Garoppolo, and uh, Sean Payton are the three quarterbacks to come out of that school. Someone, someone faster in Illinois, right? Eastern Illinois. There we go. There we go. Uh, there it is, Charlie Beagle. Appreciate you, bro. All right, guys, we got a dip. Thank you so much to each and every one of you for spending some time with us here tonight. Uh, sorry, Facebook, for whatever reason, we couldn't get you connected tonight. So I don't know what it is. We'll look at it on the back end when, when it's all said and done, but my high salute to our super chat superstars. Love you guys. Really appreciate you so much. Uh, before we get out of here though, real quick, I uh, want to remind you to connect with us on Twitter. This is for everybody. You know, when we, we, we focus it on the superstars, but we want all of you to connect with us on, on Twitter for superstars. We like to be able to tag you and shout you out after each show. So find us on Twitter at huddle up pod. Also at mile high huddle. My partner, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL. Myself, at Chad N. Jensen. And not to beat you guys uh, over the head too much or flog a dead horse or whatever, but I know the questions are going to come again tonight as soon as I get off this stream. So I want to remind everybody, here's how you become a supporter on Facebook of MHH and get access to Kelberman's Corner on Sunday. You go to our page, just open up the app on your phone, or if you're online, go to facebook.com slash milehighhuddle. You'll see the big blue button. It says become a supporter. You click that. You follow the steps. You're in, and you'll get access immediately to Kelberman's Corner from Sunday that uh, that you have missed up to this point, plus all the coming content in the future. And we have a lot more in terms of new shows and content coming down the pike that's going to be catered to that official supporter group there on uh, on Facebook. So appreciate that. And, Zach, we're off tomorrow, so have a great start to your week, bro. And you too. Uh, We'll circle back Wednesday, and and uh, we'll have John back then, by the way. Yes. We'll be back from vacation, so uh, sign us off, bro. Man's ending back together. And real quick, anyone from the next Kelberman's Corner, we might be, hint, hint, doing something about Fangio's coaching staff or you know the lack of uh, attention to it or alteration to it. So anyone who has gripes about that in terms of someone named Tom McMahon might want to tune into that. It's worth it. I promise you I'll make it worth your while. And Dylan jumping in, last minute, Chad. Dylan with the $5 Super Chat, so on point with what he's saying here. Scout the player, not the school. You're right. Even with field, Chad, we have to be more cognizant of that. It's not writing him off because of Ohio State, but I like Zach Wilson a lot. Dylan, you're correct. Thank you so much. We will see you guys on Wednesday. Have a good week. Hopefully by then, or maybe by then, have a new general manager. Should have an update. Talk to you guys then. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. 
Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine, they push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.